can put our hands together and give the Lord a cheer this morning. Amen. Come on, we can do better than that. Let's give the Lord a praise. Amen. You may be seated today. Good to see everyone that's here. Those of you joining us online, we're so thankful that you're with us today. I wanted to say it is good to see Michael, brand new dad, right? I just, so we're excited about that and so happy for him and Ashley. And uh, he, he just agreed to come in and then he's going to go back and watch the baby. And uh, so he's just uh, so amazing, so happy for him. And uh, we just congratulate them and, and uh, thinking about Ashley this morning. But anyways, uh, so good to be in the house of God. How many can say, the Lord has brought me a long way? How many can ever just lift your hand and say, Lord, you brought me a long way? Amen. I, I've come a long way. Amen. And there's been a lot of adversity, but God has been with me. Amen. How many believe that? Amen. That no matter what we go through, God is with us. Amen. How many know adversity can lift you? God can use your adversity, amen, to lift you. Is that right? How many know, uh, you know, back in Noah's day, what was meant to destroy the earth actually lifted Noah? Did you know the flood that was destroyed the earth actually lifted Noah? Think about it. His adversity lifted him up in that present day. Amen. And so God has a way of using adversity to lift us up. And so if you're going through something today and you're like, Lord, I don't know. I'm just, I don't even know what's happening. Just begin to worship God. Just begin to thank the Lord and say, Lord, all I know is you're with me and you're going to use this for your good and for your glory. Amen. Amen. And, and if, uh, really, if you're feeling sick in your body, we just wanted to let you know we're praying for you and, and God can touch you right where you are today. And uh, I'm so thankful for not just the team that ministers around the front after service, but so thankful for the uh, intercessory prayer team that meets twice a week, praying, seeking the Lord. Uh, so thankful for them. And so, you know, if you feel a call in your life and you feel a special uh, pull towards intercessory prayer and say, man, I know that that's the way the Lord you really is calling me to and really uses me in a specific way. Uh, we want you to join the team and want you to be a part of that. And, and uh, how many know God really moves through prayer and we believe that we believe in the power of prayer and that, that uh, authority and communication that we have with the Lord. Amen. Aren't you glad that God moves on our behalf? Amen. And uh, so thankful for that. So thankful for the, also the, uh, the, really the outreach that's happening this week at the OC. I know some of you are like, man, we don't have as many work days as we used to. And, and uh, you know, but we're going to get back there to having some work days. I know there's been a little pause in the, uh, seemingly pause in the production, but uh, it's, it's happening. Amen. And so, amen, we're just, I just walked around the uh, outreach center again this week. And like I do so many times, and I said, Lord, we just thank you for what you're going to do through this place and how you're going to use this place. Not for us, but for you. Amen. Come on, for your glory and to touch lives. And that's our heart. And so we're just excited about what the Lord's doing through the Outreach Center. So when you think about it this week, I want you to pray especially for the outreach that's going on this particular week with children. And uh, how many know um, people are so open to, uh, mostly people are open to allowing their children to go somewhere. Oh yeah, they can go to church or hey, they can go to an outreach or they can go to VBS. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's like, yeah, uh, my kids will go, but I won't go, but I'll let my kids go. But aren't you glad that's an open door to the family? Amen. God can touch children. And so I want you to pray and ask the Lord to really touch the hearts of these kids 
and uh, an open door to really present the gospel and the hope that's in Jesus Christ, that hearts will just be open. How many got saved when you were a, a kid or, or young? Let me see your hand. You got saved when you were young, right? Whether it was a Sunday school program or VBS or maybe through parents or whatever. Some of you were just drugged to church all your life. and uh, But somehow, amen, through it all, the Lord touched you, amen. So we're depending on that and really um, looking forward to that this week, amen. So excited about that and, and uh, also um, not just... Uh, what was happening this week, not just Michael and Ashley had a baby, but uh, my wife celebrated her birthday this week. And so just, amen, thank God for her and thank God for, amen, and, uh, her life and her love. And and uh, so if you see her, say happy birthday to her. And uh, anyways, a couple of weeks ago, I shared um, a title called uh, Christian Fiction, Don't Be Fooled. And uh, there was actually a lot more thought to that. And so I just wanted to kind of wrap that up today and just finish that thought today about Christian fiction. I took my text from Matthew 24, but I want to start this morning in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. Amen. And maybe before we uh, begin today, just get into the Word a little bit, maybe we can just have a word of prayer. And one of the things I want to pray about is the outreach going on this week to the kids. And so can we do that together? Lord, we just thank you for today. I thank you for, Lord, this is the day that you made. And I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it, as the psalmist said, Lord. I'm going to focus on you today and your goodness and your power, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, that no matter what I'm going through, whatever we're going through, I thank you, Lord, that you can, uh, you're with us and you can, Lord, bring an answer. You can make a way where there doesn't seem to be a way. I thank you, Lord, that you are still working all things together for the good of those that love you, Lord. And I thank you for that, Lord, today. I rejoice. I bless you, Lord. I pray that the word today, Lord, just as we share or just you'll uh, speak through my lips and, and think through my mind, Lord, that you'll just, Lord, use me in some way, somehow, Lord, to communicate the hope that's in the gospel, the, the power of the word today, the life giving word uh, that as we share it, Lord, we'll just breathe that breath of life into our hearts, Lord, in our lives. And Lord, I pray that as we leave today, we won't leave the way we came in here today. We'll leave different and changed because of your word. And I just give you all the praise and all the glory. And everybody said, amen. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, I'm going to read just two scriptures today, this morning. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. I'm going to read out the NIV and then Titus chapter 2. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3 and 4, it's, uh, Paul was addressing Timothy and, and, uh, and the church as well. And he said, I urge you when I went into Macedonia to stay there in Ephesus so that you may command certain people not to teach false doctrines any longer, verse 4, or to, vote, or to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies. Such things promote controversial speculations rather than advancing God's work, which is by faith. And he says, so I'm, I'm commanding, you've got to command these people and not to listen to these people. And, and these are the things, these myths and endless genealogies, these are the things that really cause uh, confusion and division in the body of Christ. In Titus chapter 2, verse 7, he says to Titus, he says, And everything set them an example, set before them an example, or be an example, um, by doing what is good in your teaching or doctrine, uh, show integrity, seriousness. The King James says gravity and sincerity. So in everything, be in a good example, but in your teaching, in your doctrine, 
have integrity and seriousness. And so Paul is addressing not just um, you know, the, the climate of the day, but he's addressing something specific and very particular. And I believe that the message that we see, uh, one of the messages in the New Testament that's very relevant today, and that is this, don't be fooled, be smart. How <laughs> I many you know the Lord doesn't want us to be fooled, he wants us to be smart. Jesus said that we need to be harmless as doves, but wise as serpents. And this last day, you've got to know what you believe in, you've got to know the truth. Come on somebody, amen. Not just enough to believe in the truth, you've got to know the truth. And not enough just to speak the truth, you've got to know the truth. And it's got to be in your heart. And so I believe that the Lord really is, is, uh, and uses Paul here uh, to direct the church towards, listen, don't be stupid in this last day. Don't, don't be gullible in this last day. Be smart. How many know the Lord wants us to be smart? Amen? Right? But what did Jesus teach us? He taught us that the, kind of the greatest deception will be in three areas. Number one, the Word of God. Believe it or not, there'll be false teachers. There'll be a false do- doctrine, false gospel, the Bible says. Uh, also, prophecy. He says that there'll be false prophets and dreams and visions with lying signs and wonders. Think about it. And then personalities. So he teaches us that the greatest deception uh, in our day, in the last day, will be the Word prophecy and personalities and you know people who are fooled really get away from the truth and they also get away the from the act of faith the action of faith or obedience the more people are fooled by things they tend to get away from really the mission of Jesus the teachings of Jesus and the absolute truth of God's word how many believe that and so uh, and also we can also understand that when there's something going on in the church that's influenced by culture there's a lot of buzzwords flowing around a lot of, as Jesus taught false doctrines or teachings, you'll notice something that it may have a lot of good things to it, maybe a couple elements of truth, but there's always a root to it. How many know there's always a motive there? There's always something deeper that we can't see. Come on. Where it comes from, where it's going, the spiritual impact it makes. And that's why Paul took this time and he said, look, this isn't, this isn't something you can just let go go on. This is something you had to address. This is something you have to deal with. You can't be fooled by this because it'll cause a lot of confusion in the body and a lot of people could depart from the faith because of it. I mean, that's pretty serious. So Paul has to address it like that. And he doesn't just do it once or twice. He does it several times. And Jesus himself talks a lot about it. And so I believe that what's relevant for us today to hear today is that we can't be fooled. Don't, don't fall for Christian fiction, as I like to say. Don't be fooled, but be smart. How many know we need to be smart? Amen. And one of the things that we see that's over and over again in Jesus' day and before that in the Old Testament, but especially in Jesus' day and it's really happening today, is the one thing that's always been in kind of challenged and in question is the truth. That's the thing that really in Jesus' day they kept challenging him on is the truth. What is the truth? Well, Jesus, instead of just arguing, constantly going back and forth, he just simply said, I am the truth. I mean, that's the best answer we could give. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. And nobody can get to the Father, amen, except they go through what? The truth. Through Jesus. They've got to go through the the way. They've got to go God's way. They've got to know God's truth. Come on, somebody. Amen. And we've got to teach God's truth. And we've got to live God's truth. And so I see today that there's a lot of statements and a lot of arguments and myths that are being talked about. And one of the things that Paul makes it clear here is in Titus, he said when it came to doctrine, when it came to 
not just the teaching of Jesus or the doctrine of Christ, but also the characteristics of the teachings and, and the patterns and principles of the teaching. He said, you need to show sincerity and gravity. That word there literally means there's no corruption in it. Absolutely pure. That's what it says. Purity. The purity in doctrine. It just has to be pure and sound and it has to be concrete and had to be, had to be true, right? And it had to be uh, uh, with seriousness in your teaching. And, and you had to love the truth, but it also had to mean that you had to have this earnestness about the truth. That you had to just not be like, yeah, I kind of believe it. It was like, I'm going to die for this. That's what he's talking about, that we need to show doctrine in, in sincerity and gravity. It's just not something that we uh, just kind of take for granted. It's something that we absolutely believe in wholeheartedly, amen, and we live by. And later on, Paul says that there will come a day that people will not endure sound doctrine. In other words, they're not going to tolerate sound doctrine. They're not going to be satisfied with sound doctrine. They're going to want something else. They're going to want something extra. They're going to want a little sauce on it. Come on, somebody. They're going to want maybe another uh, kind of form of belief that spices up and changes a little bit. And maybe something that kind of identifies with what I want it to say. I mean, no, that's what Paul said. He warned us and he said that in the de last day, there are people that just won't endure it. They won't be satisfied and they can't tolerate it. Today, there's, there's these teachings and these beliefs that truth is, is really uh, uh, unknowable. There's no knowable truth. It's kind of like just based on your experience or your perception or your feeling. And, uh, you know, the truth for me works out for me and your truth works for you and and to, to, together we can kind of find a truth that works for all of us. I mean, no, that's not the teachings of Jesus. That's not the way of truth. And, and notice something, that those who interpret the truth today have more authority than those who wrote the truth back then. Did you ever notice that? Amen. Those who are interpreting today have more authority than those who wrote the truth. <laughs> Think about it. I mean, you know, that's, that's not a good sign, is it? Amen. But you know something? God does not speak anywhere near. He does not supersede His Word, does He? He doesn't add to His Word. He doesn't take away from His Word. He doesn't contradict His own Word. Amen. In fact, what He does is He establishes His Word over and over and over again. In every generation, in any cultural setting. And it, Come on. Jesus, amen, said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And that doesn't mean for His time. That means for eternity. Amen. And so God never supersedes His Word and never changes His Word. He never adds to it and says, well, oh, by the way, after 4,000 years or 2,000 years, 6,000 years, He says, oh, by the way, I'm going to change it a little bit and I'm going to present another gospel and another Jesus and another. Come on, how many know He doesn't do that? God's Word is established, the Bible says, before the worlds began. That's a long time ago. <laughs> That's a long time ago. That's why it's important that we come to the place that I absolutely trust the Word of God. I absolutely build my life on the Word of God. Amen? Come on, I'm going to die for the Word of God. I'm going to die for it. That's how much I believe in it. And the Bible says that we need to have sound doctrine and show sincerity and gravity when it comes to what we really believe in. Amen? And what the Bible says, I should say. Amen? And so there's some arguments in our day about the truth. And, and really today there's this idea that Christianity is progressing with our understanding and the influence of our culture. But how many believe that there's a difference between our progression 
and biblical progression. There's a big difference. Amen. There's a really big difference. And we can't get that confused. We have to understand in some of the arguments that I've actually heard people preach from the pulpit and in interviews and things that, and just the sense that uh, is about the truth of God's Word, the, the original content of God's Word, and the people that wrote God's Word. They're saying things like people were writing their best on what they saw and understood at the time, but is no longer relevant for today. That they're saying that it wasn't really God speaking, it was what they believed about God in their time and in their place. And that we have a higher understanding now. Now we have this higher, wiser view of God than that was originally written. Because Paul and the apostles were writing when Christianity was in its infancy stages. And so therefore now it's progressed and it's grown. And now we have this other view of God. And now this other view of the truth. Now we have the fullness of the truth according to our culture. How many know that's not the way it works? Bible says don't be fooled by that. Don't be taken by that, those kind of teachings. And, and there's other ways to think about God. I've heard people say that. There's other ways to think about God. It's not just what's written. It's other ways that we can think about God. How many know every time someone says something besides the word of God, that's where you need to stop right there. Say, ah, that's where, that's where I get off. <laughs> I get off the ride right there. Amen. That when we separate any kind, of, uh, any kind of idea or teaching or kind of uh, philosophy or whatever it is beside the Word of God, that's when we are not a part of it. That's when we check out. That's when we say, I'm not going to be fooled by this kind of fiction. Amen. The other thing is not just talked about arguments, but Paul used the word fables. He used the word myths. And, and I want to just go through some things uh, about myth and the fables that he's addressing here and, and how, what we see in our day and just using some things, not everything, just some things that I've actually heard people say or that, that I see uh, personally um, that, I've, that it's then, there. But I, I just wanted to say that as I say these things, I'm not trying to poke fun at anybody or, or say this in a condense any way. I'm not trying to disrespect or de, de, degrade any way the moving of the Holy Spirit or anything to do with the prophetic. But just, just we got to be careful about some things that have been going on in our day. How many know there's some myths that are floating around that we need to be smart to and we need to not be fooled by? And that's what, that's what we're bringing out today. And there's really to make us aware of these things so that we who love the truth will not be fooled, but we will grow in the truth, that we will follow the truth, that we can be aware of these things. It's very important that, uh, that we discern the truth and we, we walk according to the truth. But there's three things about myths. Number one, they usually start with what I call buzzwords, or that's very familiar, buzzwords. These are words and phrases and sayings. Um, most of the time they have deep spiritual phrases, but shallow biblical confirmation. In other words, they sound like they're spiritual. They sound like it's biblical. How many have ever heard that before? Wow, that sounds very biblical. And then you start to study it and you're like, it's nowhere in the Bible. <laughs> It's not even in the, the Bible. It may be in another Bible. It's just not in this Bible. Amen? Right? And so I just want to throw these out there to be careful. There's a lot of this. I'm not saying they're completely wrong and, and they're evil. I'm just saying please be careful. Some buzzwords that, that we encounter and here is, is number one, encounters. Uh, inward revelations, awakenings, shiftings, realms, angelic levels, fresh releasing, creative manifestations, declarations, and decrees. We need to be careful about these kind of buzzwords because these, they sound very deep and very spiritual, but really kind of lead us in a way away from the Word of God or away from the established 
truth. One of the, the, the truths that we have in God's word is that we were made in his image. How many believe that with all your heart? We're made in his image. That's what the Bible says. But there's a, there's, a, there's a teaching there and there's a myth that goes along with this today that says because we are made in his image, we are divine creators and we are divine beings. So anything that we say, anything we can create atmospheres and realms and all this stuff with, with our words and our mind and all these things. Please be careful of that. Yes, I do believe in speaking things into existence, and I do believe in the power of the Word, and I really believe in the power of our words in prayer. Jesus taught us about that in Matthew 24 and 27, and talked about the power of our prayer. Come on, somebody. But not in the sense that I can selfishly create my world, my atmosphere, my realm, my blessings, materialistic blessings for me. I mean, God will never allow your gift to be used for your selfish gain. Okay, so that's what I'm trying, this whole thing about we are made in his image, yes, but we're these little gods and all these things, these teachings that started in the early 80s and still there's now it's kind of morphed into something a little bit more serious and, and I've heard one guy say that as kings and priests I can declare these things, I decree these things, I mean that sounds good, but what he was saying is I control the atmosphere and it got a little funny there, I'm the governing authority, I'm, I'm, I'm birthing vision and I can birth movements. I mean, no, that's a little bizarre, and that's just these buzzwords we say, and, and people can say these things, and we'll amen it, we don't even know what they just said. Come on, we're going to birth in the atmosphere the fragrance of the bridegroom. All right? But, but it comes from, we've got to be careful, because it comes from a belief that Jesus came to reveal your divinity. That somehow you're the divine one and you're the one that God is really, you know, you're, you're like the chosen one. You're so divine and you're so powerful. But how many know Jesus came to reveal his divinity? Amen. Our humanity. Amen. And so we want to just be careful of those things. You know, I do believe in speaking things into existence as far as the power of our words, but the creative power of our words really have a limit. I, I recently heard a pastor say over the congregation that I'm releasing the thousandfold blessing over your heart, uh, over your life. You know, th- these sound good, but it just doesn't mean too much. And so we got to be careful of these buzzwords. Be careful of what is uh, coming up as called centering prayer. It's this uh, teaching, centering prayer. It's the power of meditation to the extent that you'll be fully enlightened. And so we, we need to be careful of these teachings. Come on, somebody. Again, I'm not trying to poke holes at anybody and make fun of people. I'm just telling you right now, there's some things that we need to be aware of. I've heard people teach about developing the seer anointing. Awaken your seer gift. Understanding the seer realm. You can know God on a deep level by using your five senses. So these are buzzwords that are going around in the church. And these are things, but they're myths. <laughs> they're just myths. They're just things that we pass down and they sound really good and deep. But really they just kind of lead to a lot more confusion and sometimes division in the body. Come on. They just get you off course and they get you to the place where you're not even practicing what's been written. Now you're just trying to practice what you feel and and what prophet so-and-so says and and this teacher over here. And so we need to be careful. I've used this word myself and I've heard it many times. I've heard teachings on it and that is the righteous remnant. But here's the mythical part of that teaching. uh, That there is a, a group of people, an unknown group of people, a mystical group of people among the believers with a special inside with God. People that 
have more clarity, people that are more committed, they're more favored, they're more anointed, this elite group beside the church that God's going to move through in the last day. I mean, that's mythical. I can tell you right now what the righteous remnant is. I'm looking at a bunch of it right here. Amen? Whosoever will come and believe that Jesus is the Christ, Son of the living God, I believe they're the righteous remnant in the earth today. Amen? Not the special elite forces that they are the only ones that have the skinny on, on the prophetic and they're the only ones that, come on, amen, come on. That's a mythical teaching. Please be care, uh, careful of that and be aware of that. But see, we create words and these sayings and phrases that breed myth among us. And the Bible makes it clear. Paul's whole thing was, look, this is going to cause division among you. You can't allow this to happen because people will be confused and they'll start to serve other things and worship other things. And the next thing you know, they don't even know who Jesus is anymore. They're doubting the resurrection. They're doubting the power of God. They're doubting the, the come on, the, the table of the Lord, the blood of Jesus. And he said, man, when you get there, they're almost lost. They're fooled. You can't ever get to that place. That's what Paul was saying. And sometimes we do that innocently, don't we? We just do it because we love God and because we're searching for truth. Or we, we love this and we love this movement or we love this ministry. And we begin to follow them. We listen to them. And the next thing you know, we, we're just in a place that we're away from the truth and away from the things that God wants us to be. The second thing, not just myths, or in myths, is not just buzzwords, but, and I want to get through this quickly, and that is experience over principle. Please be careful of this type of teaching and this type of understanding, experience over principle. What I mean by that, when I heard uh, two years ago, I, I, heard a, I watched an interview on YouTube of a, a, a pastor who considers himself a prophet in America today, and one of the things he said that I, I just felt that really didn't sit right was, was the early church developed theology around experience. Let me say that one more time. The early church developed theology around experience. Now that sounds very deep and it sounds, oh yeah, well, hold on just a minute. That's not true. <laughs> Let me tell you something. The early church developed theology by the teachings, the creeds, and the faith that was handed down directly from Jesus Christ. Amen? In fact, that's what Paul said, that the church is built on the teachings of the apostles and prophets. Amen? Not on these myths that you hear from Rome, not on the myths that come from you know, Asia, not these myths and all these other things, but the teachings that were handed down from Jesus Christ himself. That's how the early church, amen, moved in theology. That's the doctrine that we're following today. Can you say amen? Good, we're in agreement on that one. Amen. But see, experience-based Christianity exchanges really kind of a spiritual experience for authentic faith. And it really says that an experience that will lead you to spiritual advancement and maturity. But how many know God's Word leads you to maturity? God's Word leads you to an encounter with God. Can you say amen? And so beware of teachings and music ministry and worship and, and ministries that rely on or magnify the experience to encounter God rather than the Word of God. Just be careful of that. Be careful of that. Why? Because when you start really relying on experience rather than the Word, you'll eventually follow a person. And I'm not talking about Jesus. A wrong person. You'll start to follow a wrong ministry. A wrong teaching. And that's what Paul was warning here. Please be careful. Don't be fooled by this because if you, if you start relying on experience over principle, you'll start to uh, you know, move away from Jesus Christ and his teachings. Think about it. That's, that's pretty uh, amazing that that can happen. And the third thing is, is that just the exalting of the prophetic or the misuse of the prophetic. 
is running after dreams and building on prophecy, chasing after what I call prophetic rainbows. And we need to be careful about dreams, as the Bible teaches us, that because they're filtered through our mind. And so we have to be careful about that, that, that everything that you dream about. Aren't you glad that everything you dream about didn't come to pass? Because <laughs> some of you wouldn't be here today. Amen. And uh, come on, and, and we can't do that. But there, God uses dreams to, to really kind of reveal something or bring something to our attention, kind of bring a, a shed a light on something a lot of times, or God will use it to just warn. You know, warning dreams can be used as warnings. But people, I'm very leery of people that every, like every two days they have this fresh dream from God. I have a dream, I have a dream, a vision. I'm very leery of that. I'm very careful of that. Why? Because it's coming through the mind. It's being filtered through some somebody else's uh, life and, and experience and subconscious, right? So I know that dreams can, God uses those to confirm, but not to direct control or even create a new revelation outside of the Word of God. Can never do that. Amen. I've, God used me in dreams in, in, a, in an amazing way. And there's times I, real, I wake up and I, I had this dream and I, re, and I have to process a little bit and I have to ask myself, was that the Lord or was that me? How many have ever done that? And so that's good to do that. It's not good to just write it down and hand it out to everybody and say, this, this, is, this, is the, this is the word for the whole church and everybody's got to do it, everything right now, just as I dreamed it. Amen? <laughs> Amen. Just be careful. Be careful. We, you know, I've heard people say that we're in this prophetic era. We've entered this prophetic era of cycles and numbers and codes and insights and visions and discerning angels and mysterious truths and all those things. Just be careful because, because you know, technically we've been in a prophetic era for about 2,000 years. I mean, you know, Jesus, the great prophet, <laughs> amen, came and what was revealed, what was, he revealed what was in the Old Testament has been revealed in Jesus. And yeah, he prophesied some things that didn't come to pass yet. And yeah, there's still some mysteries. But how many know Jesus is the re- revelation? Jesus himself is the revealing of all prophecy, amen. And so really, if it doesn't line up there and the codes and numbers and, and cycles don't line up, amen, I don't know about you, but I'm still going to go with the word, amen. So, and uh, I just, again, I, again, I'm not to make light too much of this, but, you know, this is just what it is. And so uh, I just want to finish with this section and just say that we need to be aware of people who reject principle teaching and only embrace prophetic teaching. Please be careful of that. People who reject principle teaching and only embrace prophetic teaching. Uh, I know a guy that said uh, at the beginning of 2020 that, you know, he was given this prophetic teaching. And at the end of 2020, he repented for that prophetic teaching. So we need to be careful of that. Come on, not, not sell out. How many know prophecy is not fortune telling? <laughs> More than prophecy, God wants obedience. Come on, God wants love. God wants obedience more than these things sometimes. And so we, we don't want to do that. But so we, we don't want to be fooled by things done in the prophetic that take away from the word. Come on. We don't want to be fooled by the things done in the prophetic that take away from the word, that deny personal responsibility and allow people to walk in disobedience. How many know that's not good prophetic? Amen. In, in Bible school, I was, call, I was taught to call that pathetic, <laughs> not prophetic. Amen. But so what is our response? And as he gives an answer here. What is our response? I love this. I want to give you four things quickly as we end today. What is our response? What is our response to, to these teachings and these things that he warns us about and Jesus talked about and wolves in sheep's clothing? What is our response to these things? Number one, I believe that we're to say something. Come on. You're to say something. You're to give an answer. 
That's our first response. That's one of our first responses, I should say, is that we're to say something. You said, well, well, I don't know about that. Listen, you're not ashamed to say something on social media. You're saying something all the time anyways. So you might as well amen me because that's the truth, right? We got to say something. How many know you can't let somebody keep teaching other people false teachings and false prophecy? You got to say something. And, and Paul teaches us here in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 14, and then he re- repeats himself directly, I mean, word for word in verse 23, he says, don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels. Don't have anything to do with it. Shut those people down. In fact, he said this in Timothy and Titus, he said, command people. Wow. Command people. Refute those who op- oppose doctrine. Wow. I mean, he said, shut them down. That's what he's saying. They must be silenced, is what he said in Titus chapter 1. They must be silenced. How many know you got to say something? you got to give an answer to that. You can't let that stuff go. You can't let people' mind be fooled by just people that just way off base and, and teaching separate from the Word of God. you got to say something. Amen? Come on, we need to pray that God gives us boldness to say something in this hour. Gives us wisdom and in that Word to say something that, as, as Paul said, shuts it down. Shuts it down because these kind of people, he said, Paul said, they, they uh, uh, really cause chaos and confusion. And the Bible says they divert whole houses or whole assemblies or whole groups of people. They get them off track. They get them deceived. They get them confused and fighting among themselves. He said, they got to be shut down. Think about it. So you got to say something. But here's, here's a, the, the point to that and, and a good principle to saying something. Each time, read the teachings of Paul, and when, when he goes to, to say something, each time he talks about commanding or rebuking, it's not in a wrong spirit. It's in the right spirit. Come on, somebody. It's not in anger. It's not in fear. It's not in hate. It's not in trying to hurt that person, trying to deface their, their, their reputation, trying to get back at them. Come on. It's in the right spirit. Every time Paul says something, he says it in the right spirit. He says in the spirit of love and, and peace and, and meekness. He says it in the right spirit. How many know we got to say something but in the right spirit? I mean, the disciples came to Jesus and said, you know what? You need to fry everybody in this town. Just cook them all. Send lightning down. And Jesus said, you don't know what spirit you're of. Sometimes we can have the right intentions with the wrong spirit. Come on, a wrong attitude. Wrong, come the, way, the wrong way to go about it. So it's not in the wrong spirit. It's not killing people with your words. It's not, it's not you know, trying to get back at them. It's not trying to, to, to make them look stupid and make people look bad. It's to, it's to defend the truth. It's so that other people won't be fooled. So they themselves won't be fooled. Come on. How many know you can never win an argument on Facebook? And if you've ever won an argument on Facebook, I need to talk to you. Because there's something you did that nobody else in this planet has been doing. Amen. So you state the truth. You say something. But here's the second thing is that you pray about it. You just pray and ask the Lord, God, whatever I'm about to say, I pray that you would just use me. Let me do it in the right spirit, in the right heart. Give me the right words to say. How many believe that? Amen. We're not to crush people's spirits or ruin their reputation, deface their character, blow them up on social media, especially unbelievers. The Bible says they don't know any better. They don't know any better. Jesus himself said they don't know what they're doing. Amen. So when you go to say something to somebody that doesn't know Jesus and doesn't know the truth, please be aware they don't know any better. Amen. And not, not because we're better than them, it's just you were there too. Come on. You didn't know any better. You just said those things that you used to say. 
Because you didn't know any better. Amen? So take that in consideration. And, and I believe the sword of the Spirit is that sword, the, the Word of God is the sword of the Spirit. How many believe that? Amen. I mean, it, 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 it's a two-edged sword, the Bible says. I mean, it really divides. It really, it really uh, you know, breaks through a lot of things, and it really cuts through, and it really brings clarity. But we don't weaponize the truth. We don't use it against other people to lord over them, to make ourselves look better, or to hurt them. Come on, somebody. The Word of God brings healing. Amen. The Word of God brings life. The Word of God, amen, brings restoration and truth and enlightenment. Amen. So use it properly. But you've got to say something. The second thing is you've got to stay focused. This is one of the things that we, way we respond. We've got to stay focused. Stay focused in the now. Jesus said tomorrow has enough issues. Don't think about it. James said if you're going to think about next week and the birthday party next month, we just say the Lord will. The Lord willing, we'll do it, right? Have you ever heard people say that? The Lord willing, I'll be there next week. That's where they got it. Amen? He said we just make our plans. We, we, you know, okay, that's great. But we focus on today. Lord, what's the ministry today? Lord, what's the prayer for today? Lord, what's the mission today? Lord, what's the focus today? Come on, somebody. Amen. Right? How many know so many times that answer is your family, <laughs> your marriage, your job? God wants you to stay focused in the now. There's people that need ministry now. There's people that need to hear about Jesus now. There's people that are lost right now. Amen. Come on. Revival is right now. Not someday down the road. It's right now. Amen. Stay focused in the now. Stay focused in the now. Amen. The third thing is that we need to move in the mission. What was... Paul's answer a lot of times to these arguments and these myths. What was his answer? Was it kick him out of the church? You need to, you know, you hate Jesus. You need to get out of my face. No, here's was his answer to a lot of the arguments and myths that we're dealing with in his day. And this, that is this, preach the word. Preach the word. Stand on the gospel. You want to go back to the truth? Go back to the gospel. Come on, you want to declare truth to people? Declare the gospel. You want to, you want to see someone who, who is deceived get set free? Start delivering the gospel. Amen. Every time he had to deal with this, he always went back to the gospel. He always went back to Jesus Christ. Is God manifest in the flesh, given to us as redemption? Come on, as a sacrifice for sin. He, was, he died on the cross. He rose again. He, was, he ascended. He's coming back. Come on. The, the gospel was always his answer. Preach the word, he said to Timothy. Be ready instant, in season and out of season. Preach the word. Amen. Move in this doctrine. Teach it with clarity and strength. Wow. Preach the word. That was his answer. Why? Because the message of the gospel is the message that's already been given. It's not something we have to try to make up as we go. How many of the gospels already been given? The gospels already been established. In fact, Jesus even said, but Paul said that the mystery of the gospel has been revealed through Jesus Christ. So people can know all about Jesus if you just preach the gospel. If you just if you just stay in the mission, if you just move in the mission. You see, this is what I see about all this, all these things that I talked about today, these buzzwords and these myths and all these things going on, all these flaky teachings going on in the church. Every time I really get into it and I listen and, I, I, okay, what's going on? I study it. One of the things I found out is they're so far removed from the mission of Jesus Christ. And that's what happens. That's what it's all about. This is what he's saying. It's not just get back to the truth. Let's get back to the mission. 
Let's stay on point because how many know that if the devil knows that you get on mission and you stay on point and you have the same heart that Jesus had, amen, how many know his kingdom's in trouble? People are going to be translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son, amen. He's going to lose big time, amen. So you don't have to worry about where, where the devil's moving in the city and, and, and what this cult is doing and, and what, what's, what, what is this mythological. You don't have to worry about all. What you have to worry about is the mission. Focus on the gospel. Focus on the mission. Move in the mission. And you'll see, amen, our response is great. And so this is what I believe that Paul's talking about. And he said, because he's really establishing that the gospel is the doctrine of Christ. The gospel is the doctrine. He said, get back to the doctrine of sincerity and gravity. How many know the gospel is the doctrine of Jesus Christ? And how many believe with all your heart that the doctrine of Jesus Christ is the truth? It is the truth. I don't have to go outside of that. I don't have to look anywhere else. It's the truth. Amen. How many believe that with all your heart? Move in the mission. I'm going to give you one last point, but I'm asking you to stand on your feet for it. Amen. So our response to all these things... that these myths and everything, <laughs> amen, is to really say something. I believe that we need to say something he's taught us. Stay focused and move in the mission. And the fourth thing is, I believe that our response should be, is you've got to know it for yourself. You've got to know it for yourself. It's just what Paul told the Berean church. He said, study the scriptures for yourself. Don't just, don't just take, and this is the Apostle Paul saying this. This is the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul said, don't just take my word for it. Study the Scriptures. I mean, if the Apostle Paul can use that type of humility and wisdom and say that to people who were looking to him as the teacher, as the father, come on, as, as the leader of the church at that time, if he can say that, that's what we need to say. I need to know it for myself. I want to encourage you. you got to pray. Anytime you hear something that maybe doesn't sit right or maybe whatever, just pray about it. How many are you, you're, you're one of those people that every infomercial, you're on the phone, you're getting online, you're, you're getting that. Okay, your, whole, your, your cabinet is full of all the diet stuff, right, that you, you heard on our infomercials, right? Okay, you got, I mean, you're that way, right? Don't be that way about the gospel. Don't be that way about the truth. Pray about it. I mean, if you hear somebody say something and, and you just, okay, I didn't know that about Jesus. I didn't know about that. I didn't know that. You know, pray about it. Here's the second thing is research. How many know you got to fact check stuff today? I mean, I've heard good Christian people tell me something. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Oh, did you know that? I mean, I've heard people say it. And the next thing you know, is I'm, I'm scared to death. I'm running around telling everybody about it. And, and it's not even true. You got you to gotta research it, fact check it. Someone said, oh, did you hear about that ministry? Hey, did you hear about that? Did you hear that? Research it. Look it up. Research it. Find it to be true. And the third thing is I want to encourage you to stay in community of the body of Christ. I mean, I'm telling you right now, this is one of the things the devil wants to do in our lives is get us away from the body. The moment you start listening to this teaching about, and oh, it's a little bit better than the church. It's a little bit different than the church. I'm of the special remnant. I'm the chosen one. How many know the devil doesn't want anything more than us to get separated as the body of Christ? Because he knows that, amen, he saw what one full-grown, mature son can do to his kingdom. Amen. Let alone the body of Christ, what they'll do to his kingdom. Amen. And so he knows that. And so it's important to stay in community of, of believers and fellowship and, and just, you know, you know, a lot of times you just hear something and, 
and just listen to other people. Sometimes you know you just got to listen and bounce stuff off other Christians and say, hey, what do you think about that? They say, that sounds a little weird. Well, you're right. I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to, I'm going to research that. I'm going to look into it a little bit more. Don't be gullible is what Paul was saying. Don't be gullible. Don't believe everything you hear. You got to research stuff. You got to confirm it. Don't let there be a knee-jerk reaction in our day, and especially out of fear and anger. Don't don't just get online and social media just start blasting away. Amen. Listen, pray about it. Pray about it. Look it up a little bit. Amen. I, I know a lot of Christians who are really, really passionate. Amen. About these scriptures they're talking about that they're so wrong. <laughs> it's not even what the scripture says. How many I've ever been there? How many of you been there? You are so genuinely wrong. <laughs> We've been there, right? So that's why we got to do it. Don't do a knee-jerk reaction, as Paul was saying. And, you know, one of the things that God has given us, He's given us the understanding, He's given us the knowledge, He's given us the wisdom through His Word by the Holy Spirit. How many know that? How many believe that will be our heart? God has given us the wisdom. God has given us the knowledge. God has given us a revelation through His Word Amen. And the Holy Spirit's going to reveal it to us. That's why it's important to stay in the community of believers. Because we challenge each other to walk in the Spirit and grow in the things of God. That's what we're supposed to be doing on Sunday. Coming and worshiping God, but yet encouraging each other and strengthening each other. And building one another up in our faith so they're not easily fooled. Amen. We want to build on the biblical and the factual and the established Word of God. And and, and staying on mission and staying on point. And we just want to be careful with Christian fiction. We don't want to be fooled. Amen? Why? Because I want the pure. I want the genuine. How many want to see genuine power, amen, flowing in our city? The genuine healing and pure doctrine flowing in our, from our churches. And the, Come on. I mean, I, I need the, the world is looking for the genuine. They're looking for the real, for the powerful, the pure. And it's in Jesus Christ. It's in His Word. And so let's stay there. and Let's not be easily fooled. Amen? Lord, we just thank you today for your word. Your word just really just sets our hearts right. And it really does something in our minds, Lord. Lord, this is a day and an age where there are people just almost losing their mind. They're, they're just going in absolutely all kinds of directions. And, and we thank you, Lord, that we can stay stable. We can be uh, serve you, Lord, in sincerity and gravity and have this stability in our hearts today because you have given us the truth. And Lord, I know there's a lot of people in the Christian world today that are challenging us to to question our faith, question the word, to change the truth. But Lord, I'm not going to budge. I'm going to stay on the word of God. I'm going to stay on what's been established, what's been written, what's been spoken. That's my word. And I thank you for that, Lord, today. I pray that we would continue to build our families, our marriages, our businesses, our lives on the Word of God. Lord, I stand on the principal teachings of your Word. Lord, I, I, I just trust in it so much today. And Lord, I just thank you that you're doing such a good work in this area, in this city, among churches. Coming back to that truth. Coming back to the moorings of, of Jesus and the teachings of Jesus. We just thank you for it, Lord. I pray that you would do that in our heart today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. Amen. If you need prayer today for any reason, whether you're sick or uh, maybe some things going on in your life, and you really want, amen, people to stand with you, we have a team coming right after, amen. Uh,